biography in four acts it's a it's a biography of zora segal and ritu i have to say i mean i spent yesterday reading it and it is really a very good book a very good biography oh, taught me so much about uh, zora so you know oh, thank you thank you manjula i'm glad <laughs> i and anyway she's such a i mean she was such a beloved sort of mm. actor you know yeah and so i'm sure a lot of people will be interested in this um you know in this book i hope so because she is quite unique <laughs> yeah she is uh, but what made you you know decide to write this biography well uh, you know firstly uh, manjula i think that biography is a very neglected genre in uh, in in india by and large hmm. i mean what we have is mostly uh, hagiographic stuff yes of business leaders or sports people or politicians um of and mainly of uh, of men in these categories mm-hmm. um women usually been neglected and women in the arts almost completely neglected mm-hmm. now uh, a few uh, biographies if one can call them that of uh, women actors but mainly uh, bollywood screen actors hmm. uh, have been written yes but can you recall a biography of uh, a dancer a classical musician a theater artist um, in in the recent past or even in the distant past no um, very rare very very rare so hmm. that's one reason i think that these great performers will be lost to history if we don't recount their lives and mm. their contribution mm. uh, which is enormous mm. uh, to the arts so that was one reason uh, the second reason is that uh, she as i as i have mentioned in the book uh, she is unique among all actors for having been in all the performing arts mm. uh, except for music mm. so uh, stage screen uh theater dance and what is exceptional is that she was doing it for close to 100 years yes uh, uh no one else really has done that and mm. she was always at very important junctures in the arts mm. she she somehow managed to be there whenever there was a great sort of uh either a great phase of experimentation or a great phase of innovation or simply mm. just uh, a new trend um yes. this is this also struck me as i was uh, as i was doing the the research mm. um plus you know she is a woman from an aristocratic background yes. and for her to have struck out uh in the early 1900s and made a decision and made her choices uh is very remarkable. Hmm. So I thought it's worth looking at how this happened and also I knew her. 
I mean, I, I've known her now for about uh, 15 years, and she has always struck me as being quite exceptional. Hmm. Of course, she wasn't around when I was doing the research and, and the writing because she had passed away by then. Yes. Uh, in, in 2014, I began this much later. I hmm. began this a couple of years later. But I thought, uh, here, is, here is a life and here is a personality uh, whose contribution really must be, uh, must be known. You know, we go on a great deal about um, internationalism and crossover in the films today. Mm. But look at her. Yes. In, 19, in the early 1960s, she was acting with Yul Brynner and Trevor Howard and, uh, you know, uh, Richard Gere and Rita Tashingham and Michael yeah. York. Yes. <laughs> and no one was making such a song and dance about it. Hmm. So I'm saying that, you know, she predates a great deal. Okay. Um, and, and actually exemplifies a particular kind of professionalism hmm. in the arts. Hmm. Uh, that, I think, is, is also very remarkable. So, I mean, uh, she's a colorful personality all around. Yes. And, and her life wasn't exactly, I mean, you know, it, it turned out well in the end, but it was a difficult life. Right. Well, it was full of adversity, full yes. of adversity. And as I think I, I might have said right at the end, when I asked her once uh, mm -hmm. in one of our evenings, you know, when we were sitting and over a drink and I said, you know, how did you manage this? How did you sort of deal with all this adversity? And she mm -hmm. just said, uh, she said one line. She said, I have no regrets and I never look back. Yes. So never looking back hmm. uh, was a very important part of her, of her enormous, her grit, as well as her discipline. Hmm. Well, I, I can't imagine it would have been easy, you know, with, I mean, especially when her, uh, you know, especially the suicide of her husband. I mean, I can imagine that would have like been so difficult to take, you know. Yes, and imagine she was when she went when she made that critical decision to leave the country and try her luck in in Britain. She was over fifty years old. Yes, yes. She's not a young woman. Yes, it's um, really amazing. You know, and it is amazing. It is amazing. I, I don't know too many women like that. I mean, I think the only other Indian woman in the UK at that time. Uh, with two dependent children as a single mother was Atiyah Hussain. Mm, yes. They were there at exactly the same time. But, you know, Atiyah Hussain stopped writing. Yes. Though she wrote for radio and stuff, right? She didn't, she stopped writing her stories, her fiction. Yes. Yes, she stopped writing fiction. That's mm. what I'm saying. But that was her main work. Yes, yes. Well, you see, I mean, here's, here are these two women in more or less similar circumstances from more or less similar backgrounds. After all, Atiyah Hussain was also very much part of the aristocracy of, of UP. Yes. Like Zora. Like Zora. Both yes. found themselves in mid-century Britain, both single, both with two dependent children. And yet they struck out in two very different ways. I mean, I'm not making comparisons. All I'm saying is what strikes me as significant about Zora was this mm. business of A, never looking back, mm. 
and mm. be just going ahead mm. yeah uh, it is it is extraordinary hmm. let's talk about the structure of the book you know a biography in four acts tell me about that ah well now that was serendipitous you see there were two periods in her life two let's say um in i mean i don't know what to call them but two periods in her life when she was doing absolutely nothing of performance hmm both times when she was hmm. in delhi between between times and hmm. those were rather thin periods uh, for her as a performer hmm and i struggled with that because there was not enough material there hmm. and so i thought to myself you know what can i call this what can i call these two uh, these two very um sort of difficult uh, things to 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 write about hmm and then actually in quite a flash it struck me i said so maybe these were interludes and then i thought no why they were an intermission hmm and that's when i thought maybe this can be written as something as a life in four acts yes and the acts will follow a particular uh, evolution just as they do in in a play hmm. they will have a they will have that beginning they will have the denouement and then they will have the they will have the the, the sort of you know towards coming towards the end hmm and i i decided that yes it might be appropriate to do it like this seeing as how uh, the, the stage and screen or rather stage was actually her passion she has mm-hmm. always said uh, as i think she says in the book as well that uh, you know theater is is uh, is a sari and film is a handkerchief <laughs> so you can make a handkerchief out of a sari but you can't make a sari out of a handkerchief <laughs> so, uh, so i thought okay why not why not have uh, have some something that sort of fits her life and and also is is a kind of descript, description hmm. of her as quintessentially uh, a performer hmm could have been called anything else of course but yeah but i was, i thought this was unusual yeah it works perfectly for this life you know oh god i'm glad because you know all these decisions are a risk i mean writing a biography in itself is a risk that's true that's true it's it's not a, it's not something it's not fiction it's not any old uh, narrative non fiction it's a life hmm no you seem to you've spoken to so many people her friends and her family and they seem to have been very open with you so i think that was a result of her open personality hmm i really do think that it's i don't think it had anything but in particular to do with with me okay. it has to do with how she opened herself hmm. now i mean she was a very private person hmm. uh, it's not as though she was you know everything was sort of up for public consumption hmm. no Mm. and when she did open up she did so in a very in a very sort of particular way but mm. what i'm saying is as a personality she was warm and open mm. and clearly people related to her in that way so it it was possible to get that kind of recall mm. in fact i kept trying uh, to to talk to someone who had uh, you know somewhat uh, critical things to say about her or un, unflattering things to say about her and actually it 
it wasn't i i never came came across that mm-hmm. a little bit in her children uh, which is only to be expected yeah i mean those those intimate relationships you will always get that yeah but i'm saying in her professional community in her social world uh it was very difficult to find that hmm. um that that struck me as and it, it it it's also a problem by the way manjula hmm. right uh, because you know because you if you write a totally complimentary and you know uh, that kind of life it 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 has the risk of becoming hagiographical yes yes it's a very fine line now uh, to to have to be sympathetic uh, to your subject hmm. but not you know uh, go over that hmm. into uh, gushing praise mm-hmm. i think you managed to avoid that by also including her, her the the worlds in that she inhabited in the sense like you know you you bring in these great personalities that she worked with and you have so the reader gets a sense that oh you know uday shankar oh prithviraj kapoor also and how she navigated her you know her way through these worlds as well you know and these personalities yes yes the context very important yeah context <laughs> is important because when there's a background to uh, there's a backdrop against which she uh, is is doing uh, what she does hmm. living her life and performing and she always said you know she's always maintained that these that she was lucky to have encountered these great uh, personalities hmm. prithviraj uh, uday shankar and of course after that in in england she didn't have the same kind of relationship with any single person but she was lucky enough fortunate enough uh, to work with a uh, very great directors hmm Hmm. That, that's also part of her uh, you know her her good fortune yes uh, but yeah, not it, only good fortune you know she took every opportunity that came her way hmm as i say many of the others didn't madhu jafri stopped acting roshan seth came back to india hmm uh, the only person who continued was said said jafri yes yes hmm. not too many of the other indians who were there rani dubey Uh, all these you know all the others who were there in mid century britain hmm. not all of them persevered she did hmm. and and she was older i guess so it would have been maybe more difficult who knows very much older very much older yeah i mean the others returned as they said as they acknowledged i mean this is not uh, this is not guesswork on my part hmm. the others said that they were just not being given the roles that they thought they should get hmm hmm Uh, whereas she took whatever she could whatever she was offered and after a while roles were written for her yes do you see yeah this is the other uh, the very interesting aspect mm. of her career yeah. after a while roles were written for her mm. for her specifically It's- Yeah it's almost like it's an illustration of the you know uh, of saying like perseverance pays <laughs> she just kept at it yes. Hmm. Yes, she did. She did, and she did it with great good good humor. Hmm. You know, she wasn't resentful, or um, do you know what I mean? Yes, there was no sense of you know not being recognized for what she had to offer. No, none of that. She did yeah. it with very good grace and very good humor. Hmm. 
And yeah. I think that actually endears her. Uh, yeah. It's a very hard world, by the way. The theatre and film world is a very hard, very competitive space. Yes, everywhere in the world. Everywhere. And especially then, there, mm-hmm. for mm-hmm. a woman from the subcontinent. Yeah. I mean, it's not like today uh, in, in England. It's not the, tw- it's not the 2000s. This yeah. is the mid-60s, 70s, 80s. Yeah. Um, so it was not an easy place to, to negotiate. Hmm. Uh, but I think it was this terrific professionalism and actually, in a way, in a way now that we're talking, mm-hmm. uh, not allowing her ego to get in the way. Yes, yes. Because often, I mean, a lot of actors do that and they become very bitter when they feel that, you know, I've met people like that, when they feel that they haven't been given their due, you know, what they think is their due. And, and they become, as they age, they become very bitter. So this, clear, clearly she never felt like anything was owed to her and she just went out there and did it, you know. Yes, that's why, as I said, you know, when she said, I have no regrets, Hmm. It actually means much more than it it says. Hmm. Yeah. You know, I mean, a lot of people say, oh, I don't regret anything. And, you know, you take it at face value. But I think in <laughs> her case, it, it went very deep. Yeah. No, she, she really, I, I mean, I think the greatest regret in her life was uh, the death of her husband, of course, which yes, is huge. Yes. I mean, the greatest sorrow yeah. in many ways. Yeah. Uh, and uh, who knows, you know, I mean, I'm not going to speculate on any of that. Um, mm. That's the other thing. That's the other sort of risk in a biography that mm. you tend towards speculation. Um, and that's also uh, something really that one must avoid, mm. um, uh, consciously avoid. Okay. Uh, at least I believe that. Uh, I, I don't. So, you know, you don't put words into people's mouths. Uh, I, don't, uh, I don't sort of second guess her decisions or her choices. Hmm. Um, I don't put myself in her shoes and imagine that, oh, this is how she must have felt or this is why she must have decided the way she decided. At the same time, you do try and illuminate those areas hmm. that could have a question mark on them Mm -hmm. Uh, but you know one of the things is that of course I she wasn't around for me to talk to her Mm -hmm. Uh, that is always uh, uh, you know the the sort of um, the big gap if you like in the uh, you know in the telling of the story Mm -hmm. Uh, I couldn't talk to her in a way that I was able to talk to when I uh, when I wrote about Nayantara Segal uh, many yeah, many yeah. hours of interviews. And yes. if she, if Zora had been alive, it would have it would have happened. She mm. she would have been very uh, uh, accessible. Mm. But that you wasn't know, I, the case. I thought that there was a lot of no. you know like, because I read read the Nayantara Sagar book as well. You know, I, I mm. in, in the mm. earlier parts when you're talking about you know uh, the marriage and everything, I thought you know they kind of meshed there. You know. Yes, in a way. you know this thing about uh, her marriage being, uh, you know, the house, uh, 
what's his, you know, Feroz Gandhi's mother's house. And so I thought, you know, the, the research. Yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. That was an interesting, unexpected thing. Yeah. Yes, yes. <clears throat> but of course, the two, the two marriages or the two unions were completely different because Kameshwar was so much younger than Zora. Plus, mm-hmm. it was a, a mixed marriage, yes. an interfaith marriage. Yes. That was the other unusual thing. Um, yes. You know, the, a woman uh, of her background to yeah. have this interfaith marriage. And of course, as you know, her, her father never never went to the wedding. Mm. So um, so in, in that sense, they, they were very different. And even mm-hmm. though Nayantara married outside her community, she still married within the faith. Yes, yes. When you talk about Uday Shankar and uh, and the institute and uh, you know all that, that was that's fascinating. As is the Prithvi Theatre years, uh, and because yeah. you know I've been reading all these books, the you know one by Yasser Usman on Gurudath and Kabir Bedi's uh, autobiography, and you know where he talks about his parents, and and it kind of in my because I've been reading these books it's kind of illum- and, and yours it's kind of illuminated a certain time in India's you know history so you know let's talk about that the cultural life yeah yeah in the history of art actually yeah. I have always said that the decade of the fifth the decades of the 50s and the early 60s were culturally the most exciting hmm. uh, in India um, yes. And, of course, because it was Bombay, where, you know, not only was it uh, a cosmopolitan uh, center, mm. but because it had a very old tradition of theater. Yes. And because uh, post-partition, uh, the entire uh, or a great deal of the intelligentsia from Lahore mm. moved to Bombay. Yeah. Uh, it sort of enriched that environment in an uh, in immeasurable way. Hmm. And there was a great churning in the arts, a great yes. churning, hmm. not just uh, theatre and uh, and film, but uh, art, uh, publishing, hmm. uh, literature. Yes, it was a phenomenal growth, and hmm. of course there was the exhilaration of independence. Yes, that great sort of opening up of possibilities. Hmm. Not just political, but cultural. Yes. It, it was a phenomenal uh, two decades. Hmm. And actually for me, I think that to be able to locate uh, Zora Segal in that milieu yeah. was, was one of the most interesting parts of the research as well as of the writing. Because a life is lived in a particular environment. I mean, it, is, it doesn't sort of uh, spring up, you know, uh, newly minted. Yes. Uh, with no context. It, it, it is part of that environment and it draws from it. Hmm. So in a way, she couldn't help but be. Uh, and then, of course, she had uh, the, the, the opportunity. Plus, she had the, I suppose she had the, the foresight. Yes. To, yes. Uh, she couldn't have known this, you know, when she was 18 years old. Yeah, she couldn't have known in 1936 or 1938 or whatever, but mm-hmm. she seized the opportunity. I mean, can you imagine yeah. uh, a young 21-year-old woman deciding mm-hmm. that she's going to go ahead and join this this dancer, yeah. who himself was iconoclastic? 
Yes, yes. And not at all accepted within the country. Hmm. Not till years later was Udaya Shankar accepted in in India. Yes, yes. And 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 he comes across as a fascinating character. I mean, you know, with his bisexuality and his yeah, yes, yes, yeah. Actually, that that biography still has to be written. Yes, ah, that was what I was thinking. And even Prithviraj, <laughs> even Prithviraj, right. you know. But I mean, a, a a sensitive biography, you know, not not a sensational one because these yeah. are all very charismatic figures. Of course, of course. So in a way larger than life. Yes. But uh, so to 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 do that in an intelligent and sensitive way uh, would be wonderful if if someone were to do that. Yeah. And I was thinking yeah. while I was reading this book I was thinking why how come we have no uh, you know book on the history of uh, uh, choreography like you know of you know what I mean yes, of order in India like where is it? <laughs> you know? Where is it? Where is it? But you know we don't really do that kind of archival work here. We we just yeah. don't. It's very it's unfortunate. It's a great sort of it's a great loss. Yeah. 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 I mean, you know, uh, Udaya Shankar's film Kalpana is mm. a trailblazing film. Yeah. Uh, but it's almost lost in oblivion. It's no one even talks about it. Mm. I mean, maybe a few film uh, historians uh, mm. will discuss it, but I'm saying as an experiment. Hmm. it was way ahead of its time way ahead okay, um, okay. and and he, he was a dancer he was not a film person he was yeah. not uh, chetanananda or okay, abbas or gurudatta or any of them he was a, he was a dancer mm-hmm. so very interesting is what i'm saying you know all the possibilities the potential everyone just thought yes let's just go ahead and do it yes Yes, wonderful, wonderful period. I can, you can just, I can just imagine the excitement of doing that. You know, theatre. Yeah. If you, if you read yeah. uh, Fajr's account of uh, the Alkazis, yes, um, yes, also very interesting. Yeah, so, so wonderful least, time in, in yeah, Bombay. yeah. At least now yeah. we have, you know, there are books coming out which are documenting yes, this. Yes. yes. Yeah, but actually, to me, you know, this was all fascinating. Of course, as I say, the research part is always the most interesting part. Hmm. The writing comes much later. Yes. But what to me was also very, very interesting was this whole, the the beginning of multiculturalism in Britain. Hmm. You know, we we take it so much for granted now. Yeah. But when you see how it began, and who actually took the initiative to do that. It's mm-hmm. very, very interesting. It, yeah. And it's very interesting because it highlights the role of uh, public uh, media, public television and radio mm-hmm. in in making it happen. Yes. In actually, in a very, in a very uh, clearly conceptualized way, making mm-hmm. it happen. Then creatively seeing how to do it. I yeah. found that absolutely fascinating. Mm-hmm. Fascinating. I mean, what do we mean when we say uh, multiculturalism in the arts? What do we yeah. mean by it? Yeah. So I that that to me was uh, was a real uh, joy um, mm-hmm. to read about it, to look at some of the stuff that was made. Okay. To see exactly how uh, it can be, uh, you know, made possible 
and it's it's always entertainment mind you it's mm. not educational yeah it's entertainment mm. so no no didactic sermonizing moralizing Very when they tried that, it failed, right? Like, uh, I mean, that particular show where uh, six women and Arnold Wesker left <laughs> before the, after the intermission or something. That's yeah, that's <laughs> one instance, yes. One, but I suppose poor direction is poor direction. I mean, <laughs> you can't do much about that. Yeah, but look at all. The, I know, but look at all the others. Firm friends, Sanduri yes. Knights. I mean, they're wonderful. They're so hilarious. They are. Hilarious. They're really wonderful. Yeah. Yeah. So you know, you can make a mistake or two. That's allowed. <laughs> yeah. You know, what I also liked about the book is there's so much. I don't know. You've woven in so many nuggets. I mean, this. You know, it's like there's a lot of. Relevant trivia, you know, like how Kameshwar <laughs> how Kameshwar Sengal was M. F. Hussain's classmate in Indore, I, you know, uh, stuff like that. I found it like really very, really fascinating. Yeah. I'm glad that it sort of manages to to fit in without sort of sticking out like a sore thumb. Yeah. No, no, it doesn't stick, and it's full of it. I mean. I didn't know that Vivian Lee was uh, Anglo-Indian from Calcutta. You know, things like that. Oh yes, yeah, all three of them. Yeah, yeah. Oh, like Cliff Richard was also. Yeah. Yes. So yes. was Cliff Richard. Yes. So was yeah. Cliff Richard. So is Cliff Richard? Yeah. <laughs> Poor guy. He's still around. Is, is. That's right. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So, you know, how many people did you interview for this book? Because it seems like you spoke to a lot. I spoke to the ones who are still alive, as many as I could. Some I yeah. couldn't. Uh, mm. I mean, obviously, it would have been nice to have been able to speak to uh, Rita Tashingham and Michael York and so on. Of course, it was yeah. not possible. Mm. Um, or even here to um, you know Amitabh Bachchan and uh, and so on. People she acted yeah. with here, not possible. Yeah. But the ones who were who were available and willing and mm. able to talk. And I really I wanted to speak to not so much. The people she acted with, as the the directors, the ones who directed her, mm-hmm. because you get a very different uh, perspective. I mean, mm-hmm. my interest in her was as a performer. Okay. You no, know, so uh, so I tried as far as possible to speak to people who had directed her, mm-hmm. um, oh. and that uh, wherever I was able to, uh, I did, and I have to say, is much more successful in England than here. Okay. Um, So that that was, uh, I suppose, because they are much more used to uh, to this kind of, uh, you know, inquiry. Hmm. Uh, it's it's. I can't. I mean, I don't know. Maybe if I had tried to speak to one or two of the directors here, I might have might have been able to. I'm not sure, but hmm. but I didn't think that. Uh, I would be successful. Let's put it that way. Because after all, who am I? I'm not a film person. I'm not somebody mm-hmm. who, you know, who we are familiar with as a journalist or as uh, as a film historian. Uh, mm-hmm. Why would they agree? You know, there is that that sort of big question that arises in people's minds. Mm-hmm. Um, so I thought, okay, let me speak to whomever I can. And besides, the most Uh, you know the the most productive part of her career, that is a good twenty years, mm. uh, was in England. 
Yes. Not in India. Hmm. Not in India. It was only one much later years that she was in film in India. No one ever asked her to perform uh, in her 50s and 60s. That's true. And she says it was only in the 80s and 90s that they suddenly found that, uh, you know, I'm an actor and they can, they can, uh, they can use me in their films. Hmm. She always said that. Hmm. She always said uh, eight hmm. years with uh, Dada, that is Uday Shankar, 14 hmm. years with Papaji, that is Prithvi Raj Kapoor, and hmm. it's only when I slapped Govinda that they discovered me. <laughs> she always said that. You know? It's also a result, I think, of, of people seeing uh, her work internationally as well. You know, so the the give and take between the diaspora and... Yes, it's possible. It's possible. But, you know, uh, Roshan said said something very, very interesting to me when I was talking to him, Hmm. uh, especially about her. Uh, He said, remember one thing. In England, there is always a role for the older actor. Ah. Hmm. Very interesting comment. Hmm. Hmm. Yeah, it's rare. Yeah. Hmm. And the older person is usually a mother-in-law hmm. or a daddy. Yeah. For, for women. Yes. Now there too, she was the grand very often, but she was hmm. also other things. Yeah. She hmm. was feisty. Yeah. She was, uh, you know, she was forthright. Hmm. Uh, she was, uh, she was, uh, you know, she wasn't that sort of shy, uh, sinking into the background kind of older woman. Yes. So this this is a, a, a big difference. So I think that it was really only after all that that they thought, oh, aha, here's someone who will be good on the screen, hmm. who will enliven, animate the screen. Yes. She, she animated the screen. In whichever mm-hmm. role she played, hmm. even if it was a tiny part, even if she appeared for two minutes, yes, she just animated the screen. Yeah, there's something about you know performers, great performers that just comes out right, and and she had it, I guess. I think so. I think she she worked at it. Hmm. She she made sure that she worked at it. She was mm. never casual about her acting. Mm. Never. Mm. No matter how small the role. Mm. She, she was very upset. She used to be very upset when she came upon actors here who never bothered to read the script, who came with unrehearsed dialogues. Mm. Really upset her, the lack of professionalism. Mm. Who was the actor she was referring to when she said he came and mumbled in her ear? <laughs> I don't remember. Uh, I mean, it will be somewhere in my notes, but I can't remember now who it was. Uh, <laughs> it's very funny. <laughs> Another fascinating yeah. thing I found is, you know, when in your book you say that she was the dance director for CID and. That is a great. I mean, I remember watching the film and yeah. thinking, who did? I, and oh. I didn't. I don't know. I think the the credits weren't there or something, so I couldn't find out. Especially like you know that that song where, 
you know that classic song where Vahida Rehman is yes 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 the problem is that she was often not in the credits oh she was not in the credits no uh, very often she wasn't in the credits she would be in fine print you know for instance if you mm. look at jewel in the crown yeah. if you look at the credits mm. uh, she isn't there oh okay uh, because you know after the first two or three episodes her role is over but even mm. for the first two or three episodes mm. it's the main stars who are in the credits she's there in the fine print yeah and as also you know the appearances by that kind of mm. thing Hmm. So oh. if if you if you really think of it hmm. um the and I and this is true for all the supporting actors I think hmm. not just her hmm. uh, almost all supporting actors have this you know that they they're lower down in the credit line hmm. but it's uh, it's very uh, I suppose it's 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 not surprising that she wasn't credited for the choreography I mean no, she I... did the choreography for No, she I, also I, choreographed I, for Raj Kapoor. Yes, I know. Yeah. No, you mentioned that she she But is no, she is credited with this one, right? It's the Vaida Rehman song in a in her first film CID. Yes, uh, yes, where she is. You know that really great song. Bade do ke is raah be. You know that one. I think it is. So uh, yeah. So I was I was quite surprised, and then you said that she went on to be the uh, uh, the dance director for Prithvi Raj Kapoor for so many years. So these are things that we don't know about at all, yeah. right? Thing is, you know, she was multifaceted, and actually, uh, what struck me was that she could have made a full time career of any of these things. Yes, yes, or dance or theatre. After all, you know, when she left Bombay after Kamishwar's death. Hmm. that was when uh, people like alkazi uh, satyadev dubey uh, el kunchwar uh, girish karnad all these people were in bombay at the time yes yes great time for theater great time hmm. for theater it's exploding hmm. uh, she wasn't part of it well she needed a wife right i mean <laughs> you know what i mean like i don't know i mean <laughs> I I don't know really. I uh, honestly, it's that was a question mark. Hmm. Uh, and you know, if if it had been possible to talk to Alkazi, that would have been very interesting. But it it was hmm. not. Yeah. Um, and uh, uh, Girish was also not around then to talk hmm. to. Hmm. Um, but Girish was not directing. He was a playwright. He was not really directing. Yes. Oh, and anyway, she 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 wasn't around. She mm-hmm. had already left left the country, yeah. and yeah. so of course that was a good enough reason for her not to be part of it. But I'm saying she could have been. She could have, yeah. yeah, yeah. So in the end, she made a career of what of what she could. Yes. Hmm. But it couldn't have been easy, you know. I mean, to have these little children to care for and. and her uh, you know her husband just having like you know passed away so it's it's i, I guess life circumstances also that you know kind of i don't think it was easy at all hmm. i mean I, if i put myself in her shoes and think that i have two young children to bring up and i'm in london in a completely uh, unfamiliar environment and i have to earn a, a livelihood i have to have enough money to keep body and soul together 
then I have to find work. And I'm 50 plus. Yeah. yeah. Uh, well. it's and it's not as though she, had, she, as though she had family money to see her through. Yeah, yeah. She didn't. Yeah. So, so. you know, it's, it, these are pretty extraordinary uh, sort of, uh, how should I put it, uh, difficulties to, to, to deal with and to overcome. Yes, yes. I found his, uh, her cousin Mahmood distributing his lands after becoming a communist absolutely fascinating and actually there are there were many yes yes it was quite it not many there but there were quite a few of these talukdari uh, yes. young men who joined the communist party who did that yeah yeah right across the country um, one finds uh, finds you know mentions of it it's another thing that's never documented in india but it happened right so talk about that yes Yes, yes, it does. It did happen. That's true. That's why I say, you know, we don't we we don't really have uh, full scale uh, histories of these these very uh, remarkable uh, lives mm. and individuals and uh, and phenomena, basically. Yeah, we, it's it's unfortunate, but we sort of, as I say, it will happen. I suppose in time, it will happen. Hmm. I mean, all is not over. <laughs> no. <laughs> yeah. As I said, we we st- we haven't discovered biography as a genre yet. Yes. Yes. Um, it's beginning. It's still beginning. And yes, it's nice. There are a few attempts being made, and that's very good. But it's mainly of big names in politics or business, and hmm. then those have have other pressures and compulsions. Yeah, that's true. But uh, for the arts, it's almost non-existent. Yeah. Uh, male or female, mm. by the way. Yeah. I mean, you can imagine Bombay when, you know, uh, business people gave up their whole... Uh, you do have a few, after all. Uh, the the Sri Rams did it. Uh, mm. Sri Dharani, you know, who, what was her name? Sundari Sri Dharani. Mm. Who was also part of the Almora Dance Center, who then set up Triveni Kala Sangam. Another great yes. life. Yeah. Very interesting life. Mm. Um, there are those, the Tatas, the Bulabai uh, Institute. Mm. There are. They mm. have been. Mm. And I'm just saying that um, it would be wonderful to do that kind of uh, account as well. Yeah. You know, of family who supported the arts, the Birlas. Mm. These are these are also remarkable, uh, you know, instances. Yeah. Um, mm. Of uh, of a kind of uh, philanthropy which was not charity. Yes. Mm. Uh, but encouraged something very creative, mm. made it possible. Yeah. Over a long period of time, these things mm. have uh, slow gestation. Yeah. Uh, I'm thinking the bits about Jatin Das and about Amir Raza Hussain are not going to. Oh. <laughs> I was reading it. Oh, <laughs> yes. As I said, these are all uh, <laughs> very candid uh, opinions. Yes. Hmm. Hmm. 
and interesting bits of like historical, almost historical gossip about people, I suppose, which is what, you know, which is what's great about reading biography sometimes and, you know, making the connections. Yes, as long as they don't become just salacious, you know. Yeah. In in the case of, uh, in Jatin's case, of course, he, he was very much a matter of concern for her. Hmm. Uh, because of Iran. yeah. Uh, so you know, it was not just uh, her, not just a casual opinion or anything. Yes, um, yes. Hmm. She, she she was very concerned about it. Hmm. She used to that she mentioned even when she was alive. Yeah, was, uh, she was not not it's not hearsay. As I said, you know. Uh, um, gossip is one thing, and hearsay is one thing. But to have uh, a sort of a verified mm. um, comment, verified that is very different to to hearsay and gossip. That's true. Um, and that's what I mean about you know speculating. Mm. I I can't go by hearsay if I it has to come from the uh, the person concerned. Yes, the person who knows, mm. who can confirm. It. Yeah. Uh, I might have heard all this by from anyone else, and to me it would just be hearsay. Yeah. But to hear it from uh, Zora Segal and to hear it from Kiran is a very different thing. That's true. That's true. Mm. Okay, so this, uh, I didn't know that she was like kind of like tricked out of her royalties for her book, for her autobiography. No, not really tricked out of it. It was an agreement. She agreed to it, but she felt. Why that, did she agree? Uh, to it? It was Sorry? Why did she agree Why to it? Why did she agree? Yeah. She agreed. People do. I mean, people do. Uh, mm-hmm. When we published uh, Isma Chukta, she told me it was the first time she had ever received any royalties. Yes, yes, you mentioned that. When we paid her royalties. Yeah. So people do that. Mm-hmm. Uh, when we sent uh, Kuritan and Haider her a check, the first check for River of Fire, she looked at it and she said, Ye kis liye? <laughs> God. Mm-hmm. I said, Yeah, ki kitab. She said, Achha. She was so surprised. Mm-hmm. People do that. People agree. People, and you know, after all, uh, you do it in good faith. Yes. And this is in hindsight. You know, we can't sort of, uh, it's in hindsight. And uh, I did think, okay, you know, after all, you agreed. Now, uh, you might later think you shouldn't have, but now it's a done deal. Yeah, once it's a done deal, you can't do anything. No, you can't. It's a done deal. Now, okay, you can't undo it. It's done. Hmm. So, you can accept that you shouldn't have, but it's done. Hmm. And in all fairness, Joan did a great deal of work on that. Okay. In all fairness, I have to say mm. this. Okay. It's not just that it was taken and, you know, reproduced. No. Mm. She, she did a fair amount of work on it. Mm. So it was genuinely a, a joint authorship. Okay. Yes. Joan should have, should have, uh, Joan should have said that it must, it should be uh, shared equally. Mm. She didn't. Mm. So that I, I can accept. Hmm. But you know, I one can't tell them what to do. That's true. Yeah, these are very delicate, uh, you know, equations, very delicate relationships as well. Hmm. So one 
one can't really, I mean, one can be, uh, one can have an opinion on them, but you can't ever really uh, evaluate hmm. what anyone's contribution was in that hmm. sense. Hmm. It's, it's not quantifiable in that way. Obviously, you know, uh, Joan wouldn't have been able to do that book if it hadn't been for that original manuscript. That's very clear. That's true, yeah. That's very clear. Hmm. You know, all yeah. these what-ifs. And this bit about, I mean, I didn't know that she was related to Salman Rushdie and how they were related, you know. That whole Rampur connection, it's a very uh, yeah. sort of large and ramified family. Yes. Uh, so she were also related to the Habibullahs, related to the Shamsis. The Muniza and Kamila Shamsi were also part of the Rampur family. Okay, okay. Yeah, yeah. They are they are very much a part of that family. Yeah. Hmm. This it's a very extended family, part here, part in Pakistan. Okay, okay. But uh, you know, the Habibullahs are part of it, the the uh, Shamsis are part of it. Hmm. So it's it's a, it's a large expanded network. Hmm. Hmm. And, you know, and all these, like, I don't know, you know, since you've recreated these, in a sense, vanished worlds, you know. So I was thinking, wow, the Silver Silverfish Club and, you know, Duru. Oh, yes, all that was fascinating. That's fascinating. what I'm saying. Fascinating. The Silverfish yeah. Club and the radio station that broadcast all the, my God. Yeah. That was yeah. really interesting. Yeah. yeah. That was very interesting. Very interesting underground radio yes. station. Yeah. You know. Yes. Mm. So at the end, like when you, and she lived till 102, right? So it was a long life. So that's right. Know. On her 101st birthday, she called me and she said, 100 plus one. <laughs> Come to the drink this evening. And you went? She always had these uh, drink parties, you know, in the evening on her birthdays with all her mm. friends who were still around. Joy hmm. Michael, Usha Bhagat, hmm. Radhi Bartholomew. Uh, I was always part of it. I don't know why. I said, Why are you calling She said, No, no. You must come. And you, tum jaldi aana, we'll have our one before that. Terrific. Terrific love of life. Hmm. So, when you finished writing this book, what, what was, what, what, you know, what did you think? Well, I just hoped that I'd been able to do her some justice, frankly. Hmm. You know, it's, it's, it's such a rich life, um, such an exceptional life. Hmm. And have I been able to, to communicate that? Yeah. Basically, that, that's what you always hope, I suppose. Of course, you've been able to communicate that, you know. Uh, I don't. Well, let's see, uh, Manjula. <laughs> You have to see. <laughs> anyway, as I say, no biography is the last word on on a life. Yes, that's true. I uh, we know, mm. there are any number of ways of telling that life. Mm. This is one way of telling. It. Yes. Um, and so, it, I I certainly don't see it as uh, as being complete. I just mm. hope that it's uh, you know it's been able to to communicate some of what fascinated me hmm. uh, about her. 
yeah. and about the time when she did what she did. Yes. And live the way she lived. Hmm. Yeah. The choices she made. Hmm. I think you've put in so much detailing without making it a you know without making it labored. So I found it a really uh, you know a great read, and I mean, and it kind of made me want to look up a lot of things, which is always a good thing. Yeah, I think it's a good thing. <laughs> it's a great thing. So yeah. thank you very much because you know uh, one what one must avoid always is what uh, Lytton's strategy called a vulgar procession of detail. Yes. This isn't like that. I mean, you don't really want to know all that. You know, you don't want to be bogged down in the kind of detail that doesn't illuminate anything. Yeah. I yeah. mean, do I want to know what Thomas Hardy had uh, on his did drank on his did he have his glass of milk before he went to school? <laughs> I really don't. <laughs> you know. But I'm glad that I now know that Zora used to drink whiskey. <laughs> you know? Absolutely, absolutely. <laughs> that that little anecdote at the end is absolutely true. Yeah, it is true. And what is very interesting is that she used to make her own sandwiches at lunch every day. Oh, every day. Wow. At lunch, she had a sandwich that she made herself. Oh, a biography in four acts, and it's really. I mean, if you if you're interested in film, if you're interested in culture, if you're interested in you know um, the the early years of independent India and in such figures as uh, like Prithvi Raj Kapoor and Uday Shankar, who are strangely completely I mean not not much is written about them and about that whole milieu. You should definitely, uh, and if of course if you're a fan of Zora Segal, which a lot of people are, you should definitely go for this book. Thank you, Ritu, for talking to me. Thank you, Manjula, and thank you for having read it with such great attention. <laughs> That's rare, so I'm truly grateful to you. Thank you very much. Okay, bye. Bye, bye. This was a Hindustan Times production brought to you by HD Smartcast. HD Smartcast.